will bring healing this morning. The word that will break yokes this morning. The word that will encourage hearts this morning. The word that will bless this morning. And above all, the word that will glorify the name of God the Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. May we be seated. Somebody praise the Lord. We are continuing in our theme of the month, Taking Territories. And the topic we have this morning is Passion for Souls. Passion for Souls. We are going to be reading from the books of Joshua chapters 1 verses 1 to 5, Isaiah 54 verse 2, and we're going to read Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20. Somebody praise the Lord. I'll start from Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 to 5. And, and I'm going to read from the New King James Version. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Praise the Lord. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things, that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Praise the Lord. Now the subject of taking territories is as interesting as it's involving. It's as interesting as it is involving. It is interesting because it connotes new acquisitions expansions, new opportunities, privileges, etc. You know, when you talk of taking new territories, you're looking to, to forward towards having a new space. In a new space, there are many new opportunities. You're meeting new people. You're having a different atmosphere. A lot of things that can come with it. So it's exciting and it's very interesting. Praise the Lord. It is also involving because it requires determination. It requires perseverance. It requires doggedness. Mental and physical exertions. Sacrifices. Risks 
your lives and properties. When the lady that led prayer, led the prayer, she said, you want to acquire a new territory. Nobody will just come and say, I want, you want to acquire here. Somebody will just stand up and hand it over to you. Hello, somebody. You should expect resistance. Even those that colonized Africa met with a lot of resistance. The last of them was one that happened in the area I came from, the Anioma, the Western Igbo. You know, there was what we call the, Ekwe, the Ekumeku War that lasted for 31 years. They resisted the white people for 31 years. 31 good years. They resisted them from 1833, 1883 to 1914. That was the last, they were the last man standing. So nobody just goes anywhere and takes over territory without meeting resistance. Hello, somebody. It also involves serious plans on how to secure and retain the territories after taking them. You see in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 27, I read from, new, uh, from the New Living Translation. It says, lazy people don't even cook the game they catch, but the diligent make use of everything they find. It is not enough to acquire new territories. It is not enough to buy a new car. It is not enough to start a new business. You have to sustain it. Hello. Somebody said, it's difficult enough to go to the top. But it's much more difficult to stay there. It's difficult enough to go up. But it's much more difficult to stay there. Because there will be a lot of resistance. A lot of trying to shoot you down. A lot of things will want to happen to bring you down. Because everybody wants to stay in that space. Praise God. So, in, if you are thinking of acquiring new territories, you also be thinking of how to retain that territory. So it's going to be deeper. Our topic today, passion for souls under our team, means acquiring territories for Christ by winning souls back into the kingdom of God and establishing these souls in Christ to continue the kingdom work until Jesus returns. That's what our topic today is talking about. So we shall be looking at this subject from three standpoints. The first standpoint is preparation. The second standpoint is action. And the third standpoint is consolidation. Praise the Lord. Preparation. I'm going to support what I'm saying from the book of Joshua from reading from Chapter 1, verses 1 to 2, and I read it from the New International Version this time. He said, after the death of Moses, the servant of God, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now and then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. Praise the Lord. Here the Lord asked Joshua to get the people of Israel what? Ready. To cross over the Jordan River to take over the territory of the land of Canaan. 
the very active word there is ready get prepared get prepared as we try to take over territories there's a need for readiness there's a need for preparation you don't just go and start a project without getting ready for the project even when blessings come somebody say pray that you, your blessings do not come earlier than you are ready for it. Because when blessings come, it's like somebody wants to give you uh, a bucket of, let's say a bucket of oil, or a can of oil. Maybe he has a drum of oil for you. And all, all you have is a gallon. What will happen? After the one gallon is full, the rest will be taken back. Because you are not ready. It might even be worse. You don't even have any container at all. It becomes a disaster. Praise the Lord. May we not be caught napping in Jesus' name. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. The first line of getting ready is spiritual readiness. We're talking of different types of readiness. In the uh, subject we're talking about today and even in life generally, even in business life even family life the need for spiritual readiness can never be overemphasized you have to be spiritually ready Acts chapter 1 verse 8, New King James Version it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost when this Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Starting any project without proper empowerment leads to total failure. If you have to do a project, you have to sit down, get the plan, get the approval. If you say you'll have money, you just go and buy land in Lagos, and then you go and start building. You didn't draw a plan. You didn't send it to Lagos, Lagos State Government to approve it, and you go and start building. Good luck. You're not ready. And they don't take time to go and get professionals to even do the work. They will start work. Good luck. Hello, somebody. Winning souls for Christ is a spiritual project and needs spiritual empowerment to succeed. Spiritual empowerment to succeed. In the book of Acts chapter 19, verse 11 to 20, we were told about what was happening in the ministry of Paul. He said, he said God was doing wonderful miracles through Paul, through the ministry of Paul, such that even the handkerchiefs he had in his body and the aprons he had in his body, all he needed to do is to touch it. Or take it. You go to a distant place. Touch it. Use it to touch a sick person. And they'll be healed. You go to the level. The shadows of Paul and Peter were healing people. Now, because this was happening. There were some exorcists too. They saw the thing. They also want to exorcise. They also want to cast out demons. Because Paul was casting out demons. And then seven sons of Sceva ran around. They say, ah. This brother is casting out demons. Let us go and cast out demons. And they went to a man that had some demons and said to him, Ah, 
in the name of Jesus Christ, who Paul preaches, who want you out. He said, demons and the man said, uh, we don't check our register here. As I was concerned, these ones, we can't find their name. And so they said, the man said to them, yeah, Paul, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But as for you, who are you? Hello. They were not spiritually prepared. Who are you? And we are told that the, the, thing, the guy lived up on them, seven of them, overpowered the seven of them, beat them so much that they, were, they ran naked. Running, I can imagine how they were running, knocking over Amala, knocking over oil, knocking over everything in the marketplace. Running naked because they were not spiritually prepared for the work they thought they were going to do. Praise the Lord, somebody. The first line of spiritual preparation is to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We're told in Romans chapter 10, verse 11, he said, For the scripture says, Whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. John 3 16, he tells us that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have, a, have everlasting life. To take territories for Christ, you have to be spiritually prepared. And the first line of preparation is to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and have a relationship with him. So that when you bind, it will be bound in heaven. Say, these are the signs I will follow day that I believe. Mark 16, 17. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will lay, the hands, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. If they eat deadly things, it will not talk them. When you bind here, it will be respected in heaven and be bound in heaven. When you cast out, when you, when you lose here, it will be respected in heaven and be loose in heaven. But you find a lot of binding and casting are happening and the people that are binding and casting are walking around. Because the binding and casting have not been respected by heaven. The only way it can be respected is that you must belong to Jesus. Somebody praise the Lord. Prayer is extremely important in spiritual preparation. John Knox prayed. He said, give me Scotland or I die. Father in prayer. James in the book of James 5.17 says that the fervent prayer of a righteous man, man, availeth much. He said, Elijah was a man of like passion like us, and he prayed that in the space of three and a half years there would be no rain in Israel, and there was no rain. And he prayed again, and rain came down. Somebody praise the Lord. There's a lot of power in prayer. When, the children, when these, these disciples we are not able to cast out a demon from a particular person. And they call, the father or the child call Jesus and say, I've reported to your people, but they are not able to do it. Jesus 
cast out the demon. And they went to him. Disciples went to him. And Lord, disciples. Because they always want to find out why this happened. Why we are not, we're not able to do this. And he said to them, this one does not go out except by prayer. And some versions say, except by prayer and fasting. So the place of prayer can never be undermined. Praise the Lord somebody. Now the next thing is mental readiness. Mental readiness. You want to take possession of territories? You have to be mentally ready. I look from, read from the book of Luke chapter 14 verses 25 to 29. New Living Translation. If you want to be my disciple, you must by comparison hate everyone else. Your father and mother wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And even if you do not carry, and even if you do not uh, carry your own cross or follow me. Okay, I think there's a mistake in this right up here. Anyway, you cannot be my disciple, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building project without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money and then everyone will laugh at you. In the Roman Empire in those days, condemned to die criminals were meant to carry their cross as a mark of total submission to the Roman government. So when the Lord Jesus Christ was talking about those who were going to follow him, being ready to carry their own cross, he was telling them that they needed to be totally submitted to the cause of Christ and to his commandments. Praise the Lord. So for those of us who want to take territories for Christ, to get souls into the kingdom, we must be totally submitted. We have to submit ourselves to the commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hating loved ones is a kind of oxymoron. You say loved ones and you say hate. Opposite words, kind of. But Jesus was trying to emphasize in comparison what it would mean to follow him. That you have to put God first and foremost above every other thing. Every other thing will come second. The love for him must come first at all times. Irrespective of whom you are dealing with. Whether you are dealing with a wife or husband or brother or sister or mother or father. Christ must come first. Praise the Lord. It is important to be fully aware that the following, following of Christ can sometimes also be costly it's important. You know, in the book of Second Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 9, you hear where Paul was talking about the, the, what he had in his body and he was asking the Lord to take that thing out. The same Paul that his shadow and his handkerchief were healing, was healing people. Even people in distant places would take, they would take handkerchief and go and touch him. 
He said he hide in, in infirmity. And three times he asked God to take this away. And three times the Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. Hello, somebody. Following Christ can also be expensive. Sometimes some kind of sacrifice will be required. Sometimes you can ask God for something and say, hold it there, my grace is sufficient for you. At this time, I have given you grace to stay with this one for a reason. Praise God. That's why you see, when you see, maybe you see a pastor and his wife has not had a child for 15 years, you begin to say, ah, but this pastor, should be pray for poor and they get children and all that and all that. God has his own ways. And God's ways are higher than the ways of men. Praise the Lord, somebody. Amen. The second thing we're talking about this morning is action. Action. Romans chapter 10, verses 13 to 15. I read from the New King James Version. He said, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Praise the Lord. The scripture above is very clear on and it's a clear call on all believers to swing into action of getting the scripture preached to people who haven't had it before. It asserts five straight things here. It says whoever that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But in second place here, but how can they call on him they, whom they have not believed. In other words, they can only call on whom they believe. There's a saying in my place. He said, if you see, if a, a cow bolts, maybe you have, you want to do birthday or Christmas and you have bought a cow and you tether it and the thing bolts away and start running. And you hear them as it's running, they're pursuing the cow. And they say, around another decade, they start shouting, Filippo, 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 brother Filippo. You see that brother Philip has the art of catching a cow or he has a rope to hold the cow back. You cannot begin to call on the name of somebody when you are under pressure, when you are in a need, unless you believe in the person that he has what it takes to help you. Hello, somebody. It is somebody you think is superior or has power to help that you call on. You have a belief. So how can they call on him or whoever on somebody they have not believed in? But how can they also believe on whom somebody of whom they've not heard? They've not heard about this person before. You don't know anything about him before. You begin to call his name. How can, is it possible? Hello, somebody. Is it possible? You cannot call on somebody you don't know. It's somebody you know. Somebody you heard about. Somebody you understand. They're going to call on. 
Somebody they believe. How can they believe on somebody of whom they have not heard? But how again can they hear unless somebody has talked to them about it? Somebody has preached to them about Christ. Told them about Christ. Told them that Christ is the son of God. He came from heaven. He's God the son. He laid down his life and repurchased their life back. And by keying back into him and accepting him, they have eternal life. He can save them. How would they believe until somebody has told them? Until a preacher has gone. How can they preach? Unless they are sent to go and preach. Every one of us here is whom he is or she is because somebody sent you either to go to school or to learn skill. Anywhere somebody can climb up is either there is a ladder or there is a rope. You don't fly up. You don't have wings. Only bed if you fly. Hello, somebody. If you're on top, you climb there. How can they preach? Unless they are sent. Somebody needs to do the sending. Somebody pays school fees. Somebody paid for acquisition of, of knowledge, of skill. What are you doing? Are you helping somebody to acquire skill? We're trying for a better society. I found that those who are gainfully employed or engaged in their own work hardly have time to make trouble. They say the idle mind is the devil's workshop. How, what are we doing to bring people out of the street? They say anybody who opens the door of a school closes the door to the prison. You have people in the prison because they were not engaged. When you get them gainfully, meaningfully engaged, it becomes difficult for them to have time to plan crime, especially when they see a future for themselves. Somebody praise the Lord. The groups of people here identified. We have three major groups here. The preachers. Those who will go out there and preach the gospel to all nations. We need people who will take this gospel. He said, how can they hear until they have a preacher? Somebody must take the gospel to... People brought the gospel to us. Forget about a lot of things people are saying today that the people brought gospel to us. They are not doing this. They are not doing that. It's not the people who brought the gospel that are doing the wrong thing. No. It was their fathers that brought the gospel. If they now become perverse in their own way, it is a different thing altogether. That does not change what the gospel is. The gospel remains the word of God. Immutable. Unchangeable. Praise God. We need people to go out there and preach. We have the support groups. Those who will dedicate themselves to praying fervently for the people in the field and the people to receive the gospel. Those who are praying for these two groups. Those who are out there. They are, we talked about 
People having to face, take risks and face dangers. It's a lot of danger in the mission field. In some places, if they find that you preach, they will kill you. They need a lot of creativity. They need the power of God to be able to go and speak so that things can happen. We need to pray for them. We need to back them up all the time with prayer. Staying in that place is not a tea a party. It's not a walk in the park. It's a tough job. Those dedicated to praying for missionaries. We need the givers. Those who will deploy resources to ensure that the work of the mission ministry does not suffer setbacks. All these groups are extremely important and each of us, each and every one of us need to be part of it. Praise the Lord somebody. We need givers. Everything that is purposeful is expensive. If you want to develop anything, I keep telling people, if you want anything to grow, you must nurture it. If you want anything to grow, you must nurture it. There's no two way out of it. So in Nigeria, you see our sports, we are hosting the National Chess Tournament right now. And the last three years that uh, private sector went into it and started pushing money into chess playing, the level of play, the quality of play has started going up because resources being deployed. In Nigeria, sports is when they want to, when they ha- want to have a tournament or want to have a competition, three months or three weeks to the time, we start gathering people and say, come and start running around. People have started preparing for this thing eight years before. And started deploying the resources. Giving them the, even the right kitting, the right equipment. If you want to go for car race, somebody has a Beetle, another one has a Lexus, who will win? Resources are required. If you want the people in the field to perform, they need resources. There are places they get to, and the people are so hungry they can't even listen. I think to a senior pastor that told us one day, how they went somewhere and they were talking, 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 talking. The guys were just, it was like you are speaking to a blank wall. And one of them noticed and said, Look, it appears that people are hungry. And then they immediately get their money. They just got, immediately rushed, went and bought food and ate. As soon as they finished, they said, Hey, so I want to hear that thing you're saying. It could be that tough. When the missionaries came here, they came with money. Built hospitals, health centers, came with doctors, came with drugs, and they will call women. They will have children with you in their legs. They will gather them first of all, and they will be singing, and they are sitting there, and they are treating their children free of charge. The women were listening. As they are treating their children, they were preaching to the women. The women were now going to convert their husbands. It had never been cheap. It will never be cheap. We know how much we pay now to have television ministry. All this media, all these things were put in there to make sure that this thing go out where they are sharp, people can see it. It costs money. 
We must support the ministry of missions if we want to take territories for Christ. Praise the Lord. Let me quickly go to the last point because time is moving. Consolidation. I support this one with three scriptures. The first one, two scriptures. Okay. Let me start with Matthew. Oh no. Let's take away this one. He said, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my home from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it also be with this wicked generation. When you cast out an evil spirit from somebody, he begins to roam. Roam in the desert. Run around. He has no place to stay. And the next thing he will think is the place he left from which he was driven out. He wants to go and attempt to see if he can re-enter there. If he finds that there was no consolidation, the person has not been changed. He has not been discipled. It's empty. The house is empty. He wants to repossess it. And in repossessing it, he goes to bring seven other devils more wicked so that the state of that person becomes worse. And that's why we pray that people will not backslide. Because a lot of people, when they backslide, they become more dangerous. Praise God. Matthew 28, 18 to 20 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Amen. From the two scriptures above, two instructive things are particularly observed. One, the need to engage the souls that are converted so that the evil ones do not repossess them. There's a need to ensure that we disciple them, teach them. It's a make disciples of all nations, teaching them all things that I have commanded you. We need to consolidate. Consolidate. The second one is uh, the way to go about engaging them. The need to engage the converse can never be overemphasized. We all know that when harvests are done, the produce must be preserved. Otherwise, they will waste away. You don't harvest crops and just leave them. Rodents will attack them. Pests will attack them. Disease will attack them. They will waste away. Even the weather, inclement weather, will attack them. You will preserve them. Hello, somebody? You preserve them. The same way you take a territory, you must preserve it. You must preserve it. Otherwise, it will slip away. It will slip away. 
In the same vein, converted souls, if not engaged, consolidated, will be repossessed by the enemy. Somebody say, God forbid. The second thing that the Lord Jesus has given us the lead on how to preserve or consolidate the converts. The second leg of his command to make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. Discipleship is very critical in the art of taking over territories. We must be deliberate in doing the following. One of the major things we must do in discipleship or in possessing and consolidating taking territories, whether in business life or in family life or in spiritual life, is what we call capacity building. Hello? Capacity building. In the book of Isaiah chapter 54, verses 2 to 3, I read from the New King James Version. It says, And land the place of your tent, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Praise the Lord. Capacity building involves training men and women to do teaching and discipleship. We need to have human capacity. Even in business, you want to expand, you want to take possession, you want to, if you don't develop your, your human capital, you can't go far. You can't go far. You can't go far. This need for serious capacity building. Procuring and developing resources, material, materials, equipment, and fittings. You need infrastructure. You need facilities. You, you, want, you want to have 5,000 people. You are creating accommodation for 50 people. How will it work? It won't work. Building infrastructure, using church buildings, schools, basic health facilities, etc. We take possession, you preach to people in that place. They need a place where they can disciple them. They need a place to gather. Capacity building. We have to build church. We have to set up churches in those places. So when the, the evangelists have gone there and preached, prophets have gone there and preached, and all that, we need to set up infrastructure. We need to send men. We need to send women. Those who will go there and begin to attend to these people. Consolidation. Raising money to pay bills and fund necessities. There are necessities in those places. We need to raise money to be able to fund them. Praise the Lord. In conclusion, in Revelation chapter 22, verse 12, New King James Version, it says, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give everyone according to his work. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Every one of us is called to be a part of the kingdom expansion program. When you're called, will you answer? When he calls me, I will answer. When he calls me, I will answer. When he calls me, I will answer. I'll be somewhere walking for my Lord. I'll be somewhere. I'll be somewhere walking. I'll be somewhere 
o walking for my I'll be somewhere. I'll be somewhere. Walking. I'll be somewhere. Walking. I'll be somewhere. Walking for my If you're listening to me, whether in the pioneer section downstairs, on the main auditorium here, or online, and you've not had an encounter with Christ. I want to say, we started by saying that the first line of spiritual preparation is to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You want to have an encounter with him, and you're saying today, Lord, come into my life. I want to be yours from now. Wherever you are, just put your hand on your chest. We're going to pray. Father in heaven, pray along with me. I come to you this day. I confess my sins. I trust that you came and died for my sins and today I want to belong to you. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Renew me totally in the name of Jesus. Today I confess the Lordship of Jesus Christ and I want to belong to him forever. Come into my life and take over. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 